Welcome to Be a Refuge, a podcast from the Refuge community. Join your hosts, Kathy Escobar, and me, Joe Douglas, as we share stories and interview friends about the wild and wonderful community life that is the Refuge. We're always learning, unlearning, dreaming, failing, and practicing together. Pull up a chair and grab a coffee. We're glad you're here. There's always room at the table. All right, here we are, Be a Refuge. And we are chatting today, just me and Kathy, blind sometimes, you know, we love having uh, our friends on and then sometimes we're like, okay, let's just have a good conversation about some things about the refuge together. Yeah. So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about um, refuge birthday and Holy Week and just kind of adaptability and what does that look like in a community? So yeah, when this when this episode goes out, the refuge will be 17 years old. 17. 17. And that is wild. Our quote unquote official birthday is April 1st, which you wrote a really funny song about that. I can't remember what it was, oh but we gosh. did it on Easter. I did. Uh, was it the Cheers one? I've read many silly songs. It was something about Jesus isn't dead <laughs> oh yeah because oh, that's right it, that was a spontaneous song it, it was um we one easter we wrote uh um we just like wrote a song as a community so i had people shout out different words and then so the verses were kind of the things that people thought of and then the chorus was um <laughs> april fools jesus said i'm not dead i'm not dead because it was there were multiple people that said it was their most favorite Easter (laughs) at the (laughs) rest. Oh gosh. I'll see if I can remember that. It was a, I I didn't record it, so it's probably gone, but I do remember it was like Adam Sandler esque. -esque. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really fun, you know, and it kind of points to this conversation, honestly, because also, April 1st is the refuge's birthday, and then I think this will probably be right in the middle of Holy Week, because Be a Refuge is released on Wednesdays, and so the refuge has Holy Week um, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, um, refuge style is what we always say, because it's totally different than a lot of people who came from certain kinds of um, experiences, liturgical experiences in their churches, whatever they looked like. I mean, all kinds from Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, you know, all of them. Um, And that uh, we do have a refuge style to these things. And um, it can be, it's this weird mashup because actually, at least me, you, you kind of had more of that. You had Lutheran roots, right? So you were used to, you were used to Lent and. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Starting in like junior high, my, my, before that we were kind of bebopping around, but yeah, we went to, I went to a Lutheran grade school because we got, and then we joined the church because we got money off tuition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> smart good move yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah my parents are still that's still their home church and yeah so that was um but then I think in high school I I was more into just general evangelical or 
and then I'm charismatic and I've been all over the place, but but some of me has returned to kind of the liturgical roots and following church calendar kind of things. So yeah, and I remember, I think this is a little right before your time at the refuge, because we were at the Grange. And I can't remember the exact year that you came into the refuge. You've told me this, but I can't remember what it is in this exact moment. I'm just picturing our space and the transition. I don't remember either. Ah! <laughs> it was like it was like a year before you left the Grange, I think. And it was, and that was just like a few times. And then I think I was more present, like once you're in the new space. Okay. So I think that was, so 2012 would be like a year before we moved to our current facility. And so we were in the Grange though for five years. So I think this was for sure before your time, because it was, it was, you know, maybe not exactly when we were in the Grange, but fairly early on. And that is the refuge um, always had a weekly gathering and we explored so many things. We're going to have another conversation really about Sundays. Well, it was Saturdays, but kind of the weekend, you know, spiritual formation place in the refuge. That will be another episode because it's so fun to process the evolution and why we do what we do now and what we used to do. Um, But at the Grange, we decided most of us, not all of us, but a lot of us came from evangelicalism, like you just said. And really there wasn't anything except for put all your juice into the road to Easter. Yeah. <laughs> and get as many people there as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and the very first Easter at the refuge, which was in, oh my gosh, it was in 2006 in our timing. Wow. Is that possible? I think it is because we were in foot at Foothills. So we were at Foothills church in Arvada and we had this little room. um, It was like a red theater room. It was, this was, it was somehow, you know, Easter falls in different times. And so we had a gathering for Easter. It's all coming back to me now. That's what's fun about these conversations. And um, our friend, Paul Romig-Levitt um, brought all this creative stuff from the very beginning. He was part of our planting team and he created, he's a drama person and they created this tableau of this conversation of Jesus walking into a bar and hanging out with the disciples, you know, the story that kind of comes next. And, um, and, and so we, it was this, like, no one had had this intimate, it was like this being in like a, a little bar, you know, and they're doing this drama thing that's super powerful, but super simple and it's raw. And, um, that was our first wild Easter. So like completely different, you know, than where we came, where there were like six services and you were supposed to invite all your friends and orchestra yeah. yeah cards came in the mail yeah. and how many freaking cards I get in my mail box here in Arvada um but I say have that never been, oh wait this is more live nativity but sometimes they do it for Palm Sunday where they have like an animal like a donkey or oh yeah oh for <laughs> sure animals and stuff and my kids went to Christian school you know for a chunk of time and that was this huge thing it's so funny that you're bringing this up because they did this huge Easter thing. And actually the last scene is the senior pastor with the person that's um, portraying Jesus ascending to heaven, waving. I am not (laughs) freaking kidding you. (laughs) 
So, and that's actually in the refuge. They were still there at the beginning of the refuge. But um, Paul, then it was a few years later that um, we decided. So we, we, even though we didn't have like, the, we didn't follow the church calendar, we were trying to explore different ways to engage with Holy Week. So that was one example, but several, it took us several years. I would say we did kind of, in some ways, bring some of what we came from. It's just not really that rhythm. Like we weren't plugged in to the bigger Christian calendar. And I remember at the Grange, and, and I think Paul was still there, that we decided to use the church calendar hmm. um, for a whole year. So it framed our whole year and we did it creatively. But what I love about it, and our friend Jenny Herrick was there too, and this was her jam. Like she loved this season. And um, so she really like brought this thing to us of the value of following these seasons in the liturgical calendar that people around the world use where you read the same passages or you have a choice of these passages. And then you also um, have these special days that are part of it and the season of Lent. And those were our first times that we did some of those things. And um, and I remember an Ash Wednesday service that we did that was, um, I think it was called Thirst or Thirsty. And it had all these things about water and desert and, you know, all these things. But what is cool about that, I will say, is that that's when, even though we didn't always follow the church calendar after that, we did build some of those more clear practices into the refuge. And we did Lent, Ash Wednesday. We did Fat Tuesday. We did donuts and pancakes a couple different times on Tuesday night, people's houses. That was super fun. And um, and then we did we started Ash Wednesday. Um, and then some contemplative stuff related to the 40 days. And then in the rhythm, um, we do would do this big Palm Sunday dinner. And then on Wednesday, our friend Dawn Hyken, who we heard from last time, you know, she brought um, the Seder dinner to the refuge. And the first Seder dinner was actually in our house. Hmm. Um, and it it moved there. And it must have been 2013 because it was, um, so we somehow got displaced or something. And I can't remember everything, but it was maybe even a couple of years before that. Now that I say that it doesn't really matter. It just was supposed to be at the refuge at the Grange. And then it ended up at our house and her um, husband who had died many years before was Jewish. And so they had always done family seders. And so she brought this to us and most people had never done one. And she offered that gift. And then here we are actually on this day that this um, podcast will be released, we're going to be gathering at the refuge doing a family Seder dinner, but total refuge style. You know, it has this weird mashup between contemporary culture, um, Christian culture and Jewish tradition all mixed together. And so the part I think, you know, as we're like processing just a little bit talking about it, is it's just fun to see the evolution mm -hmm. and the things that we tried 
along the way. And I don't know if you remember, do you remember any of those things in the, that season? I mean, that was a really big like swing from the Grange to our new facility. And I can't remember like what carried over exactly and what didn't. Um, I think the thing I remember most is just Easter, just because I was helping coordinate music and stuff. And so that shifting over the years um, and uh yeah, just it, it it looking really different, you know, like having a sermony thing sometimes, but usually just stories. And then with music, like some one year is something coalesced and we had like a whole band, <laughs> like like a trumpet and a keyboard. And like, I don't know if you remember that it was like Amy, Joe and Ramon and like, it was like a full thing. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a, yes, I can picture it. Yes. So it's like, yeah, just this, this magical, usually it's just me or me and Sage, you know, playing guitar, but, um, so yeah, I think just, just the, the flexibility over the years, the adaptability sticks out to me and, you know, measuring these, these, um, these days and these rituals and these these things that are celebrated around the world but also in just in our own way mm-hmm. and and a way that's you know that is refuge style <laughs> so yeah. and the dilemma i mean it's a, the the dilemma that we feel and i felt it then and i still feel it now i think it's settled in is that we do hold a lot of different faith perspectives in our community related to christianity And so there's a lot of woundedness and then there's a lot of desire to be grounded in some of the things in a healthy way, not in that wild, you know, six services, it's all about Easter and it's not about the reality of um, that holy week that had a lot of really hard and beautiful, but complicated things that happened and Maundy Thursday, you know, with foot washing and this example of humility and then um, Good Friday and like death, like honoring death, that it is a real thing. And Holy Saturday of just being stuck in grief, like not knowing. And then Sunday and that pattern of those, those three, you know, I think we did a series actually at the uh, Miramonte when we were at the wedding event center where we did Friday and Saturday and Sunday and you know like really separately and honoring I remember like people grieving and this some like experiential things that we did related just like holding space for Saturday because we just skip over all the hard parts but everyone kind of lives in those hard parts Mm. um but I do think that the dilemma has just always been you know, making space for everybody, because it's also super triggering for people. They don't want to do it. um, But then there's a group that does. And I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of us that we haven't let go Mm. of it. Because even if um, some people who used to participate in those gatherings don't anymore, because of their faith deconstruction, or it's just not like the space that um, fills their soul. There are others that do and really do long for it. And that um, I'm glad that we have that anchored in still. And it's a complex season for me, but I, 
I love the story and I love the, I mean, it's a complicated story, but I love what happened on Palm Sunday and just this like high that everybody had because I think it really fits. And then the story just devolves. And, um, and then there's this holding space for this hard and confusing, horrible thing and then grief and then the hope of new life emerging out of the hardest thing. And none of it is simple. Mm. And so that part I can really connect to in the downward ways of Jesus. And um, so I think that it's fun, but, you know, wouldn't you say kind of as a nurturer of it all, that's got some complications, just like holding the tension of it all. For sure. (laughs) For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I, you know, we'll talk about this in a different episode, but, you know, I think that's, that's kind of always been a struggle with spiritual formation Sundays, especially, but, you know, in this, this space of the refuge where we're trying to be a, a landing place for folks and, and all different, like you're saying, all different spaces of faith. Um, it's, yeah, it's always a tension of like, you know, what do we create that, that opens people up? I mean, that's, that's, I might've said this in a different episode, but you know, when I started doing music at the refuge, that was my prayer is like, you know, God help me create music that opens people up rather than shutting them down, which is really hard. (laughs) It's hard. I feel you. I'm not a musician. (laughs) Yeah. And just, just that, you know, cause so many people have, have not everybody, but a lot of people have church baggage. There's a lot of Christian songs that are terrible, theology in my opinion and lyrics and and you know and and um and then there's just baggage around worship and emotionalism and you know that kind of stuff and so you know what does it look like to create spaces that open people so beyond music but like create contemplative spaces worshipful spaces like spiritual spaces that where people can engage and then also own it if they're triggered and leave but like also to, that open you know, and I think that's always the dance that we're, we're doing. Um, and, you know, figuring out, you know, who, who we are, which has changed over time, which might be disorienting for people in some ways. Yeah. And that's the part, I think this evolution, you know, like truly evolving based on who's there and factors in the world, you know, we're not in a little bubble. That's part of the beauty, I think, of our community is it's super engaged. And most people really care about a lot of things in the world related to social justice and action and change in the world, you know, whether that has a Christian, um, like catalyzing part or not, like it's a big deal to people, equity and inclusion and those kinds of things. But it's like the ability to go, we, we can't, we, we've got a whole, we have it all in our community. Like there's not one group that like, um, dominates everything it's dispersed. So, but it also means that you don't have some of the energy and juice that, um, a typical church would have. Mm -hmm. And this is something super significant is that, you know, Easter and Christmas Eve are usually like the two biggest days for pretty much most any church Mm -hmm. and they are not (laughs) at the refuge I mean people come but um it's not like that our biggest days are trunk or treat you know late day 
and post Christmas bingo, you know, the week the, the week after Christmas Eve service. And everybody comes to those. Like they're really big gatherings. And there's other ones too that have more people, but that is a really interesting thing that we can't control, you know, as leaders, conveners of space, nurturers of the community. We have to honor it and then not be trying to change it and think. I think this is a, maybe as we're on our 17th birthday, one of the thoughts is letting go of thinking it's supposed to be a certain way. Yeah. And leaning into celebrating what is. Yeah. And honoring it and like treasuring it and seeing it and naming it as beautiful instead of something less than because it looks so different against everybody else's. Yeah. It reminds me of our um, Christmas Eve gathering this year. Yes. And it was, it was really beautiful. And it's like, you know, since I've been at the refuge, like Chris, like our normal Sundays, we usually gather around couches or, you know, in the cafe or, you know, um, and, but this one, like Christmas Eve and Easter, we always like line up chairs just because of space and numbers and stuff. But after this one, it just, I, I was talking to Kathy and I was just like, man, why do we do that? <laughs> we don't do that for anything else, literally, unless it's mm-hmm. like we have a guest coming in who's presenting and we need to have a ton of people. Um, but for anything that is coming out of what, of who we are, lining up chairs, facing one person or facing forward, yeah. it's, we don't do that for anything. So like, let's, what if we don't do that again, <laughs> you know, for now, maybe there'll be a time when we're, we're you know, that feels right again. But I was like, it just, it, you know, everything was so sweet and beautiful for Christmas Eve. And, but that was like the one thing where I was like, why, mm-hmm. why are we doing that? You know, and I know practicality, you can fit more people and that kind of thing, but that doesn't, we don't, we fit people no matter what, <laughs> when we don't do that, you know? Yes. And so and- yeah, just being willing to like, be like, oh yeah, like reassess, like, and that's one of my big passions in anything, but just in community is like reassess, like, yeah. hold loosely reassess and like this might have been serving us in a season and maybe in this next season it's it's different and it doesn't mean like the old way was bad it just means it's not no longer serving us and so let what 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 is serving our community in this season honestly like as you say that and I remember when you messaged me this like it makes me want to cry in a good way because it's so liberating and what I think that's a gift that you bring to the refuge community, Joe, I really do, is that ability to ask that question with ease. Like, it's like, yeah, let's be, let, let, let's listen. Let's listen to that feeling that we had, that it was so sweet and we loved it, but it didn't feel quite us. And every Christmas Eve, we kind of like go, this is the one time we're in, you know, seats across and just being able to go, hey, just because we've done that for 17 Christmases, Christmas Eves, we don't have to do that anymore. And we're still going to create a sweet and healing and special Christmas Eve gathering for whoever's there, but to like settle in to who we are at this season. Because I do think there were times that that probably fit better 
But I think there's been quite a few years, to be honest, where it didn't. And COVID, COVID was a hiccup, you know, in a weird way that lasted not a small hiccup, but it, uh, um, what is it? Disruption, you know, it's like this disruption to the system because we ended up having to do two full Christmas, two years of Christmas Eve online. And that was a different story. And then I think this one was our time back. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of just going, oh, we're back and let's just do it this way. Joe, like, asked that good question and it just felt so right. And we won't even really change that much, but we will not, we'll gather in a different way. Um, We'll gather and we'll be connected in a little different way. Mm. And I think that um, it helps me exhale and then it makes me like literally filled with gratitude that we can do that. Yeah. And we're not afraid to do that. And I think for me on COVID, you know, kind of like in this story now, because now we have, you know, all this long history of these different movements of our different locations, you know, four solid locations that we met in before our current one. So this is our fifth, is that we are adaptable. Mm. And when COVID hit for me, I mean, it was a terrible time in my story just four months after Jared died, four and a half months after Jared died. And, you know, that's another conversation, but just like really what the refuge community like did to help Jose and I, my family doesn't live here. The kids don't live here, but like to feel supported and to feel like we could just be part still like not long. Like we, we didn't, we weren't gone for that long before we longed to just come back and be with everybody. I didn't have to do stuff, but to be there. Um, but then practicing came out. That was a book that got released like two weeks before COVID. My kid had just died and then it was COVID. But I remember this so clearly about us. It's like the refuge was meant for something like that because we adapted <laughs> and we truly like it didn't it rocked us because it was a global thing and there was a lot of trauma and it was really hard for people not to be together in person but we found ways to oh my gosh we did so many creative things and we adjusted all of our gatherings and we didn't try and make them what they were um like where people would just watch them online like we've really tried to create community and um, creative ways to be together and that honestly is one of the things that I am most proud of and grateful for because um, the community was about what happened together Mm. and not what what's something that's pulled together that you go to yeah I, I just had a flashback of like um for Sundays, like we had, I would ask people to bring a mug and everyone would like hold up their mugs. Yeah. For that. Yes. Oh um, my gosh. We brought different like, yeah. those little parts of connecting, you know, and yeah, beautiful yeah, rather than like a production or something, but community still through the screens and connecting. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's one of the challenges of not having things highly programmed is that sometimes it's disorienting for folks. But I think that, you know, the adaptability and the ability to connect to each other when things change is is a huge gift. 
Yeah, it really, that part, I was just so amazed at, honestly, you know, just so many ways that everyone just said we need to be together, just needs to look different. And then how do we care for each other in this trauma that we're all experiencing, you know, and the, the longing to be connected, the fear, the disconnection, you know, all the things, but like how, you know, how can we do it? And that we didn't feel pressure as cultivators to like make something like we kind of all did it like people like created their own things and so just like celebrating that and then I just want to say out loud like it is no small freaking thing that we exist 17 years later Mm. and that is because of being I think centered on community like cultivating community and not building a church you know, like really on like that grassroots community is why we're here is this healing community. And some people are in on Jesus still. Most everybody has the desire somewhere in there, like the values of Jesus. And then, you know, people who are in all different places and just want to be with people like it's this wide range. Mm -hmm. But like we are dedicated to um, that human thing. Mm-hmm. of just somehow, some way, finding a way to be together and always have be open so that new people can come. Yeah. Um, and I love that part. So people enter in in the system and we'll have new people at the Seder dinner tonight, you know, and that will be so fun. And then there'll be Dawn and me and some people who have been there since the very first one. And, um, and that, like that program will, will is adapted and changed, but like the anchoring thing that's there is that a gift is being offered from the community. Kids and grownups can come. You don't have to come. And we are somehow anchored in this bigger story, refuge style. <laughs> like it has all these factors, I guess, that yeah. are different than a lot of other people's factors. I love it. Oh, any last nuggets before we wrap with our closing question? Just happy birthday, Refuge. Happy birthday, Refuge. Yeah. 17. 17. Almost an adult. It's a little scary. <laughs> We've been driving for a year. We haven't yeah. driven off the road yet. <laughs> Not yet. Or maybe we have, but we've gotten back on and nobody. Two fender benders for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, well, friends, so we're leaving today with a little bit more or a little bit less that's kind of our closing tradition yeah I think um I think for me I'm just leaving with a little more resolve Mm. kind of like yeah just like resolve in a positive like just this is this is us maybe owning like an owning that Mm. this is us it's wild and wacky and then it also makes sense yeah uh I think I'm leaving with just um remembering I get you know kind of this reminder of like who we are and that it's all fine (laughs) it's all fine Yeah. yeah yeah love it thanks for listening to be a refuge for more on the refuge go to the refugeonline.org and follow us on facebook and instagram may we all keep finding ways to be a refuge for others and embody healing in this wild world